Welcome back, everyone, to the Deeper Than Sunday podcast. This podcast exists to be an extension of Grace Church San Diego's teaching on Sunday. Today, we are in part three of a three-part series on John Mark Homer's book, Live No Lies, talking about the world. Uh, Who do I have with me today? All right, back and better than ever, you've got Nicole on your left, Jeff. I can tell already this is going to be a fire episode, just (laughs) by the way you introduced yourself, Nicole. Welcome back, Nicole. Do you feel extra good today? I was gone, but never lost. Yeah, I feel good. I was pretty tired this morning, but I feel rejuvenated right about now. I feel like you're the prodigal daughter that came back. Mm -hmm. You were lost out there in the world for a while. And we met you halfway. We ran out. I was fighting for my life. around you and said, let's party. Welcome her home. Yeah. And Josh is over there sulking. Like, I've been here the whole time. Josh? Yeah. I was just trying to push the metaphor further. He just told me yesterday that he runs by my work like every day. And then he just... Waves at me from far, but I never have seen him. You never seen him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, great intro, guys. Uh, go ahead, Scott. I'm. Well, you just introduced me, so I'm done. I'm here, guys. We Hi. could tell it was Scott. <laughs> I'm done. Hello. Um, okay, cool. So we're talking about the world today, specifically this first part about the world being the devil's domain. That's pretty interesting. Uh, we're going to talk all about it, but first let's roll the theme song. Okay, we're back. So, uh, Scott, this definition of the world really just kind of blew my hair back on Sunday. What it hair? Did? Yeah, seriously. It blew some <laughs> of it off. Weird phrase you just it said. It blew some of it off. Um, the world being the devil's domain. Yeah. We don't often think of, like if somebody were asked me what the world is, I'd be like, oh, it's a third planet from the sun, et cetera, et cetera. But expand on that. Why yeah. is it the devil's domain? Yeah. Well, the Bible talks a lot about it, but you know, to go through the three enemies of the soul, the devil, the flesh and the world, um, to put it all together was kind of this past week and, and how all three kind of work in the cyclical, uh, pattern together where the devil offers us, uh, lies and you know, his, his goal is death and to end life and to keep us from God. So he offers us lies and then we walk in them in the flesh. And then, um, you know, Comer put, puts it that when we walk in the flesh, flesh and live out our disordered desires, as he said, we then operate and we function in what he calls a sinful society. And and from the book perspective, that is the world. Biblically, it's the devil's domain because it's where the the prince of the power of the air, you know, the devil, all those names that uh, we saw biblically in week one, where he operates in this realm on earth. This is where he gets to, in quote, in air quotes, play and mess with us and try to um, destroy us, so to speak. And so it's it's earth it's where we are and he gets to kind of mess with humanity and try to destruct us so we should just be terrified at all times right terrified absolutely scared yeah um okay so let's zoom out uh i'm trying to always think about what a non-christian would how they would encounter what you just said yeah um and i think a lot of them would say well that seems effed up why why did why did god do that why why doesn't god um just extend the the love that him and the trinity had 
in eternity past into the future. Yeah. Why did the fall have to happen? Why is it set up like this? Yeah, I was going to say to, you know, to, to really zoom out that, that question where you kind of started and let off with that question really um, leads us to kind of zoom out and look at, to me, that all points to the love of God. And that sounds backwards, right? Absolutely bass backwards. Yeah. Because it, it, it's like the love of God. What do you mean? There's suffering. There's, you know, the devil gets to mess with us and give a, you know, offer us his lies and the world is screwed up. We see all kinds of crazy things happening in our world. What do you mean that that is God loving us? If I were to force my son to love me, that would not be love. And God gives us free will to choose him or to not choose him. And so the world that we live in and the human experience is that of free choice and free will. Now, I'm not going to get in a debate of Calvinists and versus Armenian, blah, 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 predestination. But uh, I will say that God has given us a free will to choose to walk with him and be in relationship with him and please him and abide in him as scripture calls it or we can not choose him and we have that free choice but how sweet it is when we do choose him and so um, we are susceptible to uh, the devil's lies and walking in the flesh and um, sin and death and all those things um, because God loves us so much that he gives us the freedom to choose him and to walk with him and have intimacy with him. Yeah. And to me, it, it almost seems like because the world asks that question, it proves that they are looking at the world and the way the world functions through their own eyes yeah. out of like individualism. Like, well, no, it should be simple to, we shouldn't have this stuff because it's all about me. But what you're saying is it's actually all about God. And yeah. that's just the way the Trinity was loving each other. And we just have to get into that dance, but we messed it up during the fall. Yeah. Um, and again, to me, it points me to like, look at the character of God to say, I love my creation. I love them so much. I love Nicole so much. I love Jeff. I love Scott so much that I'm going to uh, just allow them to walk with me or not. And they get to choose. It'll break my heart when they don't. Uh, but when they do, it's that much sweeter um, because they're, ch they're choosing me. Mm -hmm. And we get an entire lifetime to make that choice. There's no rush. There's no pressure. And I think it's, it's all the time, right? Like it's sometimes we, there's days where I'm not, my attitude isn't there. I'm not walking with the Lord. There's days when I am. Mm -hmm. Nicole, what do you think? Is the devil very apparent in this world to you? Or is that, <clears throat> does that bother you that God just let the devil roam free down here? Um, I wouldn't say it bothered me. I definitely understand why and what happened for him to be down here. But, um, I think it's getting more and more apparent that he is here like especially with pop culture and social media and politics and all this kind of stuff you can just totally see that there's this otherworldly power moving that against good and against the lord and um not to get all super spiritual philosophical or spiritual. no i guess like conspiracy Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all yeah. that kind of stuff but um i definitely think that having a world that has so much evil in it also makes the good that God has to offer that much sweeter. Yeah. And it allows us to seek refuge in the Lord. And it makes us feel like so much safer when we're with him and much more powerful. Also knowing that we can take on the world every day and every morning, knowing that we have the creator of our, the universe like on our side. 
Yeah, I love it. The book talks about this um, this concept of um, hard power versus soft power, and so um, hard power would be like uh, I'm I'm forcing my children physically to do something. Soft power would be like, Hey, Max, I, I really want you to think and do this, and um, or I would suggest something. So the so the idea is the devil operates in a realm here on earth, the devil's domain, the world in soft power. Right. He has soft power of suggestion, which is really strong power because uh, you see people walking in lies and we all talked about it. We all admitted it you know, all those things. But um, that the, the, the devil's domain is that of soft power of suggestion and deceitful thoughts and deceptive ideas. And 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 it plays in every single one of us. And if we're a denial of that, we're not seeing it. Um, but this like idea of soft power really kind of struck me that those that verbiage he used. Yeah. And that really just leads me into the next question where Jesus kind of doubles down in, um, John 17, 15 through 16 was one of the scriptures in verse 15. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus here is playing, saying in plain English or whatever language he was Greek. speaking back then. Greek. Yeah. Um, that he doesn't want us to be taken out of the world. And so that's one thing, but also another thing that's just an aside that I'd love to talk about is this idea that Jesus, even though he is fully God and fully man, he's still asking his father. He's still asking God for things. And then I've also heard it described that he's still up in heaven being our advocate. Did that, does that kind of make you guys feel a certain way when you hear it? I don't know. It does for me. You want just knowing that Jesus is up there as my advocate no, or, so, so this or first, him asking God. So kind of what you're going through is kind of the, the Trinitarian relationship um, between Jesus, uh, the son and God, the father, um, obviously the Holy spirit as well, but this dynamic and, and relationship of, of Jesus. Um, I mean, he says, uh, I'm doing the will of the father. I don't do my will. I do the will of the father who sent me. And, uh, and in this, he's asking God, the father, um, I, I do not ask or, you know, he's making these statements in relationship with God, the father. Um, I love that because, uh, to me that speaks again to the, to God's character of humbling himself to come to earth. I mean, this is the creator of the universe who says, I love my creation so much that, um, I, I'm going to send my son part of me. Um, they're one, but the, I'm going to have him enter into the complete human experience as the incarnate God. Um, that is, that's a powerful thing to think about. I mean, wrap your mind around that, that he would humble himself like that. It is wild. And this is also funny. I don't know. It's, we'll just put it in the podcast. <laughs> We're told over and over, Jesus loves us and he died on the cross to prove it, et cetera, et cetera. We all know that. But then if you actually look at how Jesus talks to humans on earth, he's like, you stiff necked people. Why yeah. are you so dull? Like yeah, he's yeah. like completely ripping us a new one. It's just a funny thought to think it, how frustrated he is. Well, we, we love certain sides of Jesus, certain sides of God, but other sides of God are very uncomfortable for us. He's like humans. Well, just like the different, like yeah. the, the God of justice is a hard one for us. We want grace filled, loving God to wrap his arms around us, which he does. 
but he's he also says you need to repent Mm -hmm. like and is in your face about it i mean when jesus is approaching the most prideful arrogant legalistic pharisaical religious leaders i mean he that's when he gets mad that's when you see him flipping tables in the temple and you know right he's trying to protect this way of the kingdom that we are just completely screwing up yeah it's a beautiful um, thing. Okay, so let's put a bow on it then and answer the question, why doesn't Jesus want us taken from the world? We mentioned it earlier um, yeah. with free will and things, but why why doesn't Jesus say, okay, you're saved, come on up, let's chill in heaven? Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, and, and uh, the early church had a different, I think, um, as, as we read Acts, had a di- whole different view and perspective on what it meant to be in the kingdom of God and to be the body of Christ. It wasn't just, um, Hey, I'm saved. I believe I, I, I said a prayer. I now uh, am part of the family of God. Okay, great. Um, to repent means to turn away from and to walk in a new way. And so to walk in that new way means to be on mission for him. You need to live for him. And to have Jesus ultimately as your Lord and not just, he's my savior, he saved me, now I get to do whatever I want. That's a whole different dynamic there. And so, uh, you know, in John uh, 20, he tells the disciples post-resurrection, as my father sent me, I then send you, you are sent ones. We are to be sent into the world. And then going back, you know, to the scripture where you just mentioned, we are to be sent into the world. Why? To accomplish the mission of God people need to hear the gospel Mm -hmm. and they need to hear it in love, but they need to hear it in truth. And both need to be present, not one or the other. Um, But we are to be sent to be on the mission of God, to live for the kingdom. It's the great commission, you know, go and make disciples. And not only make disciples, but this may not be true, but it fits in my brain, um, which is difficult to do sometimes. Um, But once we're saved, we're kind of like, heaven practice like we're we're learning what it is to actually be in the kingdom and how the kingdom is gonna flourish i remember being a kid thinking about heaven i'm like oh it's video games and (sighs) and it it was all about me it was like yeah i can stay up late i can do whatever i want and no pain we don't have to sleep like all these things that a little kid would love to do um but as i've gotten older i've realized like oh whoa no it's we're gonna be more selfless we're gonna layer down lay our lives down even in heaven like god is just setting up this kingdom that will last for eternity lots of naps yeah here for here for (laughs) here for us is that your idea of heaven i never did naps naps. i just yeah it'd be sounds good i thought you said lots of maps lots of maps dude i love and i was like are you gonna get lost in heaven i don't know maps are great do you guys uh route yourself home on google maps even if you know how to get there why would you do that traffic dude what you do that oh i do it i you you hit traffic. Though, People who home, do that right? irk oh, me. Yeah. I don't. Well, because I have to go through campus to get. You don't to my know house. every single way to get to your house. Yeah, but how am I supposed to know traffic? Google. You knows just way know it than based me. on experience. Plus, you're off of what university or something. I'm off of university, so it's I'm it's, right in between the crazy. eight and the ninety four, so I could take either. Hmm. I I like. Can to, you please explain why you wouldn't use that tool? Because I like to challenge myself and see how I can <laughs> you get like home. You like to be late. Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm never I late. think you like an adventure. Like if you get late, if you get stuck in traffic, it's just, it is what it is. No, I hate traffic more than anything. Oh okay. my God. Why well, then use Google Maps. Because I know the time of day. I know when traffic's happening. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I don't because I go the same route every single day and it's not that big of a deal. Why are we talking about maps? Dude, it's so, it's such, it's, this is good podcast <laughs> material. Because <laughs> I like, know the, we talk, if, the I, if I'm somewhere new in San Diego, then I'd be like, People oh, are listening I'll, right now. I'll see the position of the sun. Are ways, is ways better than... I 
iPhone Maps or Google Maps? iPhone Maps is the best. Period. Okay. iPhone because when it first came out, it was terrible. I still use Google Maps. I hate Google Maps. Google Maps. Okay. I don't like Google Maps okay. interface. Google Maps is for boys. Apple Maps is for girls. No, I I use Apple Maps. <laughs> Pro- point proven. <laughs> okay, let's get back to Jesus in the world. Jesus um, and Maps. With a with a banger of a question that I personally wrote. Uh, so I want us to talk about a both banger the banger U- of a question. <laughs> both that the term comes from Josh, by the way. I, I just want all our listeners to. And then Riz comes from Scott. Riz, we can talk about that. But yeah. banger, like that's a banger song that came from Josh when he came on staff. So everyone who's listening, I want you to go to Josh on Sunday. Josh did not invent the word banger. No, but, but he, he brought, brought it, brought it on, to our in culture. our culture. But yeah. it's been and I hate trendy. It. I hate. I personally hate the word. Hate using it. Josh loves it. So everyone who's listening on Sunday, go to Josh on Sunday and say that was a banger message. Yeah, he sermon. will love it. Banger sermon. Banger sermon. Banger mm-hmm. sermon. Um, okay, so back to the banger question. Uh, both for the U.S. and the uh, San Diego specifically, I think, is important to look at. What are the most dangerous things that have been normalized? So we talk about the distorted lies from the devil, distorted desires from our flesh, and that that downward cyclical cyclical pattern of just making things that are sinful a part of the everyday culture. Yeah. I feel like we accepted. talked about this on Sunday. Yeah, of course we yeah. did. This is deeper than Sunday. Yeah. yeah so we're so talk why are we talking? About we're going to go Sunday. deep. We're going to go <laughs> okay. deep because we didn't get into the specifics. Actually, I want to hear from Nicole on this question. Yeah, I'm interested. What, what are the most dangerous? Okay, so here's the question: What are the most dangerous things that our culture today have normalized? that are that is just killing us um definitely like sexual identity just sex lives period Mm -hmm. and um can you explain why that's dangerous it's just okay let's just play a role-playing game you didn't even let me answer the question (laughs) this is a a good way to you should argue okay so i come to you and say hi i was born a man but i don't feel that i actually i'm not talking about that i'm well that's also included but i'm talking about like your sex life, how sex okay. is so normalized. I am not married. I'm living with my girlfriend and we are openly having sex and she agrees to it. She consents. I consent. We're both having sex. Why is that so dangerous, Nicole? It's just not the way that God intended it to be. Okay. And he intended it to be within marriage. And when you're doing it outside of marriage, then what's so different about being married? Mm-hmm. And then it turns into this non-committing relationship because you have everything that you already need and you're not completing the way that God intended it to be. It's funny because the book, um, the book talks a lot about uh, sexuality and sexual identity in, I think most, a lot of the chapters kind of references back. Uh, Yesterday I talked about the, um, it's really the sexual liberation um, revolution that started in the sixties and spilled in and, mm-hmm. and the book goes into detail of kind of the breakdown and how that, how that broke down, um, the sacredness of sex and marriage and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it is, um, it, in the book, he says, nobody asks a question because once you have free, open sex lives, no one asks the question, like, is this actually good for us like is this good for society now since the 80s really i mean 80s we saw an explosion of uh, hiv and aids and just all these things uh, n- no one asked a question like 
just big picture, let's all zoom out. Is this good for humanity? Is this good for civilization? Is this good? And so we have to ask those questions of, you know, uh, there's open marriages. Uh, I've been surprised at hearing some couples who, um, who've gone into like swinging and <laughs> crazy stuff. I like shudder even to say something like yeah, that. Yeah, it is awkward. And it is awkward, but it's real. It's out there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? Mm. I used to work at a hotel and we hosted this huge like swinger rum fest. Oh my God. I bet that was, it was terrible. The most, yeah. And it was like a week long. A week? Uh huh. Oh, that's too much. So you get into those type of things and you, you have to ask that question. Is this better for your intimacy with your partner? Is this better for your relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Is it better, uh, you know, for humanity in general? And, um, I remember looking at statistics, um, I think it was Barna, uh, but it, even secular statistics on, this is an example that will, I think will hit home for some people, even here at grace, when you live together before marriage, um, before you get married, statistics are higher of divorce with those couples versus ones who don't. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking of that and honestly asking the question, why is that? Mm-hmm. Just an honest question. Why is that? And I mean, most of the time you're, you are having sex if you're doing that. Um, that's just a reality. That's why we, you know, I would never suggest doing that. I would, wouldn't want you to do that. But um, it's interesting to look at all these freedoms and in the area of sexuality and our sex lives is, are these things better for us? Mm-hmm. And, um, even in, in my own history in my twenties and things that I did, uh, like the answer is clearly no, <laughs> like there's yeah. some wounds there. There's some scars there. Well, so great questions to ask. The reason I wanted to pose the question the way I did to Nicole is I was listening to see if your answer would be accepted by the world and most of the world would say, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't care what God's design is. So I'm going to do what I want. Mm -hmm. And I think why it's so difficult to answer these questions is like you said, we have to ask the question, is this better for us? Yeah. But there's no way to find out unless you do it, live through it and then find out. Well, Well, you can look at history. But then also, is it good for your heart? Like me personally, Mm -hmm. like you're in this, not fully committed relationship it's not on paper it's not you're not married you don't have kids together and you're giving your body to this person every whenever and there's just like if you guys break up then you just have this soul tied to this person Mm -hmm. and it'll affect future relationships that you have if you do not put that down or get with god and repent and just yeah the tricky part in our world is the best way to figure something out is to use the scientific method so you have a a hypothesis you test it you review it you test it review etc etc then you get to a working theory um but the christian would say we don't need science we have the bible and we base everything on that book which i'm fully fine with i've done that my all of my adult life have great results <laughs> following Christ, but the world will not have that. So I guess my question is, is it even our job to, um, worry about how far society has gone away from Christ? Well, yeah, it's what God asks us to do. Okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. And we'll, I, th- and I think the it. world can look at, um, 
extra biblical evidence, right? You look at history with personal relationships. You look at statistics like the one I just mentioned. Um, you, and I don't even remember the number. You can probably Google it and find it. But you can look at ex, you know other data um, and look at the science in quotations and say, this isn't good. Like this area, this is, when I do this, when I live in what I think is freedom and feels good and is going to make me happy, it's not going to uh, be good for me. How do I know it? Not because the Bible told me so, but because, mm-hmm. I mean, for me as a believer, I look at scripture and it's authority, right? But for the, for the world, yeah, I don't like, okay, look at the stats. That's then look yeah. at the data. It's it's out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite apologetic is um, I can't prove what the Bible says is true other than when I do what the Bible says, my life has more joy, peace, patience, kindness, fruits of the spirit. That's the best apologetic is the proof is in the pudding. I've done what the text says and it's working out. Mm-hmm. I do think um, better is the person who doesn't. Uh, go in that direction it sounded like you're trying to write a proverb there i know Scott. i was like, no i'm just mm-hmm. here's better is the man here's here's my real life example um gandhi scott i have two best friends i grew up matthew and james and um <laughs> were, you a, were you a disciple <laughs> Jesus. actually matthew's full name is matthew um john paul david de salvo okay holy cow and then my like friend james names. james johnson um and and here's the that here's was the james's actual last name from the bible johnson james. <laughs> <laughs> was it actually yeah the, the, it so, was johnson no oh no. that was a joke um this is a great episode there guys. was really six of us who were all like disciple and we were like brothers but the three of us were the closest um, and so Matthew, James, and myself, I was the worst one out of the bunch. Scott, the disciple Scott. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. And I, um, I was the worst one. I'm the one coming out of high school. I'm, I'm drinking and partying and, and messing around with girls and doing stuff like that. Um, James was, had a conviction inside of him since we were little. And he went to Westmont, went to Christian Bible College, or not Bible College, but went to normal college at Westmont in Santa Barbara. And, and he just always carried this conviction, and he never did the things that I did. Matthew tiptoed a little bit. I'm, like, totally giving their stories. I'm sorry if you guys listen. I love you. But um, Matthew, or sorry, yeah, you James, gave a full name. He's, like, name-dropping. Yeah, middle names. No way you can get these people James confused. James lives in Roy Grande, California. Matthew lives in San Luis Obispo. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but James didn't do that. And uh, the three of us have talked talked about this. I really feel like God has blessed James because he didn't, he looked at what I was doing, the stupidity of what I was doing. And was like, dude, you're, I love you, but you're sinning and, and all these things. And he went, he went a different direction and his life was, I don't want to say it was easier. It was clearly blessed. Mm. Uh, it was clearly blessed. And I don't mean money and blah, blah, blah. I mean, his relationships, his, his wife and kids. And it's, there's a beautiful nature to him not having to go down that road, road and experience the hypothesis and test it and, you know, go through that. Yeah. And I think there's beauty in that. And there's, I mean, there's just so much beauty in the, the story of Christ and redemption because for you, your life is also beautiful. Like you took the sure. other road, you had to deal with the pain of that and the the earthly I'm consequences. I'm still dealing with the pain of that. Steel, yeah. steel. S- steel. Did I say steel? I'm still dealing with that. <laughs> I live in Alpine. That's how we talk. <laughs> Man, it's raining hard as hell out there. <laughs> you can't say hell on a podcast. It's hail. Hail. Oh, hail. Hail. It's raining hard as hail. Look at the hail. That's the actual thing. Still. Saying. Okay. Still. Coming back because this is important. <laughs> you are still. Yeah. 
dealing with the consequences of your actions. Yep. But you're saved by grace and you live a peaceful, joyful life at the same time. I do. Um, but I'd rather not have, (laughs) I do, but I, I, why was that so funny? Well, it's like, then you're not really redeemed. It, like, no, that's not true. Okay. That's not that. true at all. Explain Ooh. it. If you don't feel, if you, okay. my you feeling doesn't matter. I am redeemed matter. by Christ a hundred percent. Yeah. And yes, I'm blessed. I've been walking with him faithfully for years now. Mm-hmm. And um, remember the reap what you sow. So I'm, I'm, I'm reaping some sowing in the spirit. Um, so sure. There's some blessing there inside of my brain and my heart and my soul. I think about those things all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I, I mean, I was a deep, dark sinner in my early 20s. I did some things. And so there is some um, very long-lasting effects that those things. And I'm 43 years old. I still think about the things I did when I was 21, 22. Yeah. And so it's not just like uh, I'm, I arrived at the same place, at, to use my example, James did, so to speak. He doesn't have the... Um, Trauma. Yeah, kind of that internal um, war that happens of like, I still, I honestly, I'll wake up and I'll, I'll in the middle of the night sometimes and think about the people that I hurt yeah. and the things that I did. And I'll be like, oh God, thank you for saving me for that. But it is heartbreaking. Yeah. And so um, it do is you, tormenting think, in a do way. Do you think Jesus wants you to still have those thoughts? Or is it something that you just feel like, I can't, I literally can't tell my brain to stop doing it. Here, it is trauma. Here's a key difference. And, um, I don't have shame. I, I'm not that because I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the sinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the betrayer. I'm not the promiscuous. I'm not that that things because I did certain things. I walk in freedom uh, with Christ. Uh, however, there is a healthy guilt that keeps me from doing those things again. Yes. And, um, and I believe that. And so I'll quickly turn the page when those things come to the surface and go, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I did that. And it was all self-induced pain mm-hmm. and I can feel it in the moment, but thank you, Lord. And I can turn that page. Um, but I'd rather not have any of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but now as a pastor, then you come as a pastor and you have that, the, the set of life experiences. Yeah. God can use it. Yeah. yeah. God uses it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at is like, For sure. we all take different roads, but, but I will say, uh, what my buddy James did was, is better. It's a better road. Um, I just, I believe that he kept himself from, from that. His fidelity to God, his uh, loyalty to his, to his faith and his life. I just like James. I honor you, man, and I, I tell him that when I see him. Maybe maybe it's just me. I'm not drawn to people like James. <laughs> Probably because I'm more like you than I am like James. Well, he still has sin. I'm just saying. The, yeah, the big yeah. nuggets of sin. I did it for him. Yeah, it's he interesting hearing like one person's testimony versus someone who doesn't really have one. Have you, I've, have you ever met somebody who doesn't really, are you yeah. saying you don't have one? No, I'm saying I have one, oh. <laughs> but like talking to somebody who's like, Oh yeah, I've just always been a Christian. Well, he has a testimony yeah. I mean, from a broken home and, he, and some pride in there and you know, all those yeah. things. But, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, James, I feel like I'm putting you on blast. I'm going to make sure you don't listen to this. It's okay. His name is in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So Nicole thinks that sexual immorality is the most dangerous thing in our country. Scott, what do you think it is? Um, I'm going to take a little different spin and say, um, this is kind of a hot button for you. I think Jeff, um, 
in the church. You guys are shooting at each other. In the church. I'm going to talk to you. In the church. What's being normalized in Western uh, Christianity is Christian nationalism. I'm saying you because you like to talk about politics. Oh, I thought you were going to say something that I was going to disagree with you Mm -hmm. on. Uh, yeah, I no, I know. totally agree. Go ahead. I think when we um, mix in together our faith and our um, even our national pride. I mean, I am a patriot, man. I, I love this country, but this country has a lot of issues, a lot of flaws, and all of our former leaders have a lot of flaws. All of them, and I think when you are. Uh, when I hear from churches who are saying, here's who to vote for, and here the political enmeshment with uh, our churches and our faith, I think is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Nothing should come in front of your allegiance with Christ. Nothing should. Do you think that's our most dangerous problem? It, I'm saying in the church, that's one of them, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm giving that as an example because... Number one, I, I want to give a warning that that could be dangerous. There's people at our church who talk to me all the time about um, politics. What, what, what if you guys? What if you guys talk about this more? Like, no, we're not going to talk about that. There's issues I think we should hit on, but not the the political parties and blah 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 blah. You know, who to vote for? Crap mm-hmm. like that. Sorry, I said crap. I apologize. Well, we're just cussing up a storm here. Here we go out here in the hail. So hail. So what you're saying Steel. is that. Uh, <laughs> A Christian's identity as an American should never yes. supersede their identity as a Christian. Yes. And, and they are antithetical to yeah. one another. There is no way that you can be a Christian and also, how do I say, how do I say this right? Um, there's going to be a time that what America says to do is going to butt up against what well, God yeah. says to do. Both major political parties. On both I don't sides, care what. For sure. Yeah, and I, I'm, I don't want to say you can't be a Christian and you know pledge allegiance to you know one the flag party. Of the but United what I'm saying is, uh, it shouldn't come close to your discipleship and apprenticeship mm-hmm. to Jesus. You, you can vote Democratic and you can vote Republican. Or libertarian and libertarian, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but still be a Christian. That's the beauty of of the kingdom. There's, yeah. yeah. Anyway, of course. I just mean, uh, I just see that rearing its head. You saw that during COVID. You see that still now. Of um, and you know, people love it. They love these pastors who will get up and talk about all these political agenda type items. Again, some issues are important. Uh, Abortion is an important and sensitive subject. We should speak to that. uh, Just as an example, but. all the other stuff, stop, 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 stop. So uh, I'm just bringing up within the church because you you brought up just in general, which is I'm right in there with you, Nicole. I agree with you that sexual identity is a very dangerous thing mm-hmm. out there. So you're saying, okay, that's the dangerous thing for the what the church is doing. Mm-hmm. What is the world doing that the church could possibly get sucked into when they listen to their flesh and listen to the world? What's the world doing now that is dangerous for Christians? Yeah, this can be a controversial thing. I already know where this is going. Let's go. I mean, the churches are doing it. Um, Churches are um, affirming all sexual identities. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as a pastor, I've I've walked away from this podcast convicted over my tone. I've walked away from sermons convicted over my tone, Uh, not just the words, but both and. Um, so you have to be sensitive uh, to people's experience, but people's feelings and experience shouldn't be the driver of truth or the authority over truth. 
And uh, I do believe in having a biblical framework where you look at scripture and say, this is authority and this is the design. Now, however, um, there's complexity. There's people's experiences are, are dark and there's trauma and it's hard and it's, and I, man, I get that. And so I, I want to, in a supportive, loving way, say, um, when churches are affirming all of these, um, genders and sexual, um, orientations and, and identity. Yes. We want to be sensitive and love those people. Well, pastor Jesse is great in this space. He's getting his doctorate in the LGBTQ space. Um, but you know, clearly there are two sides of a coin and there's a spectrum in between where there's churches who are side A and churches who are side B. So churches side A is, um, just affirming, affirming of, you know, whatever and whoever, and uh, on a Sunday space, anybody and everybody can come and be a part and we will lovingly say, welcome, you're, you're invited here. You're accepted into the family. <laughs> yeah. I think that word gets misconstrued. Um, yeah. Uh, accepted means, yeah, you're welcome here or whatever. I think Jesus will mess with you if you encounter Jesus. Um, I don't, I don't need to point a finger at you. Um, uh, side B is, is non-affirming, uh, but loving. Mm-hmm. And that's us at Grace. I, I mean, we're loving. Um, and we believe that, you know, we say every Sunday is a safe place to experience Jesus. What that means is we believe by uh, God, meeting God in his gospel, Jesus's gospel, that his gospel, if it's going, if you're meeting him and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, he will mess with you and he will challenge you and he will make you think twice about being driven by feeling versus driven by his word. Great. No disagreement here. Yeah. Um, cool. Nobody thinks, nobody cares what I think. Right. So I'm not going to answer. Okay. Actually, no, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go back. That's kind of like a broad brush over yeah. probably the United States. Is there anything you see in the culture in San Diego specifically or our neighborhood or the people that are coming or that you interact with that you're like, this is San Diego's big issue that we could maybe be on the lookout for? Yeah, I don't, um, that's, probably one of the yeah i would say i was right there with i hate to mm-hmm. say that i mean yeah. i'm trying to think of another one that would be one of the biggest yeah but uh, geographically we're right next to hillcrest um other than san francisco la san diego is a big um uh, just a big uh, space for mm-hmm. it yeah um so that space is very it's uh, fertile granite sensitive ground here in san diego so i think that's one of the biggest for san diego for sure okay so since since we think it's big here too then uh, i'll push it a little further how you said it's not our job to point the finger, but how do we how do we love and accept, but at the same time say, you actually can't be a member here? Yeah. So um, Jesse, Pastor Jesse, does a really good job. Uh, he wrote a paper. Um, I'm sure he, he shared it with a bunch of us. Um, one of his uh, assignments for his doctorate he's getting, and where he noted, um, this is for you, Jesse. Um, clarity is kindness. And so, um, churches and us historically, if I'm being really frank, we used to be pretty ambiguous in this space and, and, and say, Hey, let's meet people from coffee, no written communication and, and just lovingly say, Hey, we're not an affirming church, so to speak, but here's where you can plug in and be engaged and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so being clear up front, I think is kindness. I really believe that. Um, so his, his claim there is that it is very kind to not beat around the bush 
and just say, hey, we believe in a traditional biblical model of marriage and and uh, um, sexual relationships in the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. And and saying that up front is very kind. Now, um, there are pub- and then explaining how we're organized and why. So we're organized around two public spaces at Grace, Sunday services and house church. Anybody can walk into those spaces. You can believe whatever you want and you're welcome. And which, and I'll pause there, yep. which is exactly what we want to happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want people of all sexual orientations and yeah. skin color and rich, poor, everybody we want walking through the doors. Yeah. Because they will meet Jesus there. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, or, or at least be faced with Jesus there and uh, in love and truth, you know, those things. And so where we have um, kind of a disconnect uh, of fellowship, so to speak, is at that me- membership and huddle space. So huddle are small discipleship groups that are birthed out of house churches. And, um, and then membership is literally coming to a weekend where we go through theology and what our church is about, our church history, uh, blah, 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 all these things where we do a spiritual gifts text called APEST where you fit kind of fit into the church, um, that type of stuff. And then you get to go, okay, I see what they believe. Again, clarity is kindness. And I see how they're organized because we explain all that. And I get, um, and here's where I am agreeing to biblical uh, God's design of sexuality, of just all the theological points we have in that membership booklet. And um, we kindly say, if you're in agreement and we'll walk in these things, you become a member. Um, if you don't, then that's okay. It's a choice. Um, and that's where you could either keep, keep coming and not become a member or um, pick a church or <laughs> pick another church or, you know, yeah. it's hard to say that without saying, just go somewhere else. But kindly, it's just like, if it, you know, which there are affirming churches around. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, would you feel comfortable saying go to an affirming church? No. Okay. Keep no, going. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't because I, I obviously I have a conviction that says it's not truth. Mm-hmm. Um, to affirm. I mean, if God affirmed every desire that I had in my twenties, holy, like not good. Oh, of <laughs> you know? course. Of course. And so I don't believe in, in just affirming everything in my kids. I don't believe the Bible affirms everything in us. I don't think that's, um, the calling of Jesus in our lives. And yeah. so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say go where you're going to be affirmed. I yeah. would never say that. Uh, devil's advocate. All I'm good at playing that. Um, then they just go back into the world. Yeah, they're not in a church. They're in the world. So, don't we want them as close to Christ and the message of truth as we can? Hundred percent. Yeah. So, I hope they keep coming to house church. I hope they keep coming to uh, Sunday services. Got it. I'm not going to force anything on anybody, and I'm not going to say to go to a affirming church. Um, we're adults. Mm-hmm. You, you know, people can do what they want to do, and if they choose to come, there are people that come to Grace who do not agree with us in this area who keep coming to grace. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being honest, I love that. Yeah, uh, I do love, uh, of course I wish that there would be uh, a conviction inside of them to see God's design and live in it. But um, the fact that they don't and they respectfully disagree and we can have good conversation and they still come, I do I do like that. Yeah. Is, is the proof always in the pudding? Like, l- let's just imagine a, a gay couple at our church who is in a loving, monogamous relationship they're not allowed to become members, but they keep coming, but their life is producing fruit. Is that, how does that work out? Yeah. Do you, do you, or do you think that, oh, that's not really, they're not, their life isn't producing fruit. Because no, I they think have their life can equal produce to other fruit. sin that we commit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it again. 
uh, their sin is equal to our sin. Yeah, for sure. It's different. We get into this um, perspective that that's the big sin. Mm -hmm. It's not the big sin. Um, Is it sin when you're when the behavior is is happening? Yep, it is. Same as heterosexual couples who are doing outside of God's design, which I have done. Is that a sin? A hundred percent. And so, um, can you have fruit at the same time? Yes, you will have less fruit, but yeah, yeah, of course you can have fruit. Have we, um, not allowed somebody to be a member for a, a different sin other than homosexuality? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say any names. Well, yeah, I won't say, I won't say anything. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but well, also that. And so somebody was like, I don't think this is a sin and I'm going to keep doing it. Can you say the sin? Uh, so it was, uh, to clarify, it wasn't a sin. It was a disagreement in theology. Um, and so it's not that we, they kind of counted themselves out, so to speak. Gotcha. But nobody's ever been like, I think polygamy is acceptable by God. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. (laughs) If it's happened, but it it just seems like to Nicole's point, like if all sin is the same, it does seem like this is the one that we get hung up on and say, mm-hmm. oh, you, you can't be a member because of this. I'm asking, are there any other sins that people have ever said, hey, I'm going to keep doing this sin. I don't think it's membership sin. is new. So no, okay. but we ha- yes, we have. Um, we have had to talk to people about not leading or not stepping into different roles because of other sins. Yes, 100 percent. Would we let uh, an unmarried couple who is living together become members? Um, you better say no. You absolutely better the say no. The answer is no. Okay, good. Um, we would not let them. Okay. Uh, I was about to pull a Jesus and flip this table over mm-hmm. if you said yes. No, it's it's no. I was thinking of how to term it before you okay. stepped in. Sorry, go. Um, but yeah, no, we wouldn't. And, and there's reasons and there's a relationship and we would talk through that stuff. Uh, but no. But like I said, I mean, we've had people who um, were uh, drinking and getting crazy and partying and we've had to step out of different roles. We've had people who just admitted to drug usage, to sleeping in heterosexual uh, relationships and, and uh, interactions, you know, all kinds of different stuff. So, yeah, yeah we, we have pulled people out of stuff yeah. and talked to them. Great. And we've seen victory in that, by the way. And I say victory. We, we've seen people um, recognize and see and then grow from that in, beautifully and then step back into stuff and, you know, things like that. Yeah. So. There's some really good resources, by the way, if you read book um, books by Sam Albury, uh, Jackie Hill Perry is really excellent. Preston Sprinkle. I want to give a little plug. We are having, if you guys know who Preston Sprinkle is, um, really popular podcaster, the, uh, Theology in the Raw, uh, author in this space of LGBTQ and, you know, and sexual identity. But also all topics. All like topics. He's got You're great right. people in his podcast. Oh, yeah. dude. He, he has people from opposing side, uh, agreement, non-agreement, like all kinds of stuff. And we're, ha- we're hosting him here at Grace. Uh, I don't know if you two even know. Actually, that. Preston is coming. Preston will be here in October. Oh my gosh! And we're going to have wait. a weekend. We're going to have two day event here. Uh, Octo- more information will come October nineteenth and twentieth, I believe. Uh, we haven't started pushing it yet because we just finalized it. But he is coming to Grace Church San Diego. Breaking That's news! Cool. That's going to so be cool. so cool. Yeah, so good. If you guys don't know who he is, don't let his name scare you away. He's super <laughs> smart. <laughs> He's very, very smart. You can look him up on YouTube. He's brilliant. He's great. Um, Okay, awesome. Great conversation. We kind of went away, but no, we're talking about the world, so it works. Uh, One other thing before we we talk about rule of life, I had a question. Um, You talk about... Riz? 
Oh yeah. We mm-hmm. do need to talk about that. I promise we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned, um, the, the essence of the kingdom is denying ourselves and putting Christ first, right? What you didn't get to lay out in front of us was what is on the other side of denying yourself? Yeah. Cause we're always like, do what God says, do what God says. And like, as I remember as a kid thinking that I'm like, well, God is just, he's just a mean tyrant, like do it my way or the highway the rules. Yeah. But whether through personal experience or just what you know from the Bible, what is on the other side when somebody does say, okay, I'm going to put down my own desires and opinions and live a life in accordance to Christ. What's on the other side of that? Um, First, I want to offer a different perspective. It's not about doing. It's not Uh, that that's kind of the outward, but the inward, uh, the inner man or inner woman is um is the motivation to do the things we're talking about doing and so what i mean is the 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 way that looks and and the reward of abiding in christ and walking in the spirit and all the things we've been talking about the last three weeks is him it's it's being with jesus it's a relationship it's not it's not that we get to do and see good that's the outworking effect and the cause is inwardly we're being with christ we're in relationship with him when you are walking in the spirit and you're walking with the Lord throughout the day, your day's different and you view things different and it's not following your heart and going for happiness. It's a, it's a different type of joy we get to experience when we are, when we are walking with Jesus and he is with us and we are with him. And so the, the reward of relationship with God is ultimately the answer to that question. Um, but I just wa- I wanted to put, put it that way because we can get we can still get caught up in the doing we, we have to do good and and we we resist the flesh and walk in the spirit and that becomes like the task at hand and then that becomes then the ends and not the means the ends is to be we're with our savior and our lord and we're in relationship with him and we're talking to him throughout the day i heard so many good reports on last thursday's fast uh, my own wife, she was like, that was so amazing. Mm. Um, mm. And myself, man, I, it was just so good. I had four people stop me yesterday and tell me how great it was. And I'm like, thank God that the book, you know, talked about fasting and we got to experience that together. Mm-hmm. And so the reward of walking in the spirit and denying the flesh is when you say, deny, when I say deny yourself, I mean, denying the flesh and feeding the spirit. And then you're walking in the spirit. Um, it's a very beautiful thing to wake up to Jesus and go to bed with Jesus and everything in between. Yeah. Mm. Um, Nicole, I'll ask you this cause you, you interact with the public a lot. You have a secular job, right? A you secular job. Work at a, work at a po- coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We talked about hedonism on Sunday. Hedonism is Nicole. What is hedonism? Hedonism is the seek of pleasure or the seeking pleasure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. Spot on. So in a culture that by and large, they probably wouldn't admit this, but by and large is hedonistic looking out for yourself and your own personal pleasure. How do you take what Scott just said and present it in a way that makes sense to a culture who wants a nice car, a nice home, a nice family education, like all the things that we want that we define as success. But yet Scott, pastor Scott says, Nope. You need a relationship with an invisible God. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. How do you present that to a world who's like, no, I'll pass on that. I think the only way to 
present it in a way that they would accept it is living it out because I feel like more than ever people are so close-minded to hearing about God if you're not living the way that you're teaching Mm -hmm. and I hear all the time like people are saying oh so-and-so is such a bad leader because look at the way he's living and he's preaching about this you know and um, talking about me yeah only Scott Scott the tattoos Scott from his 20s (laughs) (laughs) but like it's just like politically why politicians People mm-hmm. are saying that about them. They're saying it about like their boss at work. They're saying it about leaders in churches. And then they're saying it about anyone who's in charge. Because if you're not practicing what you're preaching, then people don't want to listen to you. And I think the only way to be able to bring that practice out into the public is to be an example of it and show them what it's like to live like that every single day and then show them what kind of fruit you're gaining from that or you're, yeah, you're getting from all that. Yeah. Never trust a skinny chef, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Skinny, they don't know how to cook good. I agree with what Nicole said. I, I think... <laughs> yeah, he what? sentences it like a discussion post. <laughs> I agree with, yeah. Scott's <laughs> just on a like a, some kind of blog somewhere. On a blog. I agree with everything I that you said. I agree with everything. Well, I, I, was, I had a further thought. Okay. okay. I wasn't just going to stop. That. That's what we want to hear. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the great commandment is to love God and then love your neighbor. And it's, it says it in that order, right? So lead yourself to Christ so that you can live with whatever, you know, walking in the spirit, everything I, I said previously, and then you love your neighbor mm-hmm. as you, as you love yourself. So, um, yeah, walking in the spirit and demonstrating it at some point you do, you should open your mouth and speak, you know, the gospel, but, um, demonstrate it, live it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And first Peter says, be always be prepared to give an answer to the hope that you have. Yeah. You guys, she does not have a Bible open in front of her. That was just written on her heart. I love that verse. Yeah. It's a good mm-hmm. one. Okay. So let's wrap this podcast up. Uh, Scott, what does Riz mean? <sighs> this he is the most difficult question ever. <laughs> he just started crying He's, and sweating profusely. I'm sweating. How do I answer this? Let me open up the Bible. The windbreaker is coming off. This is, these are dumb words, you guys. I'm an old man. I admit it. Riz means you got game. The it g- it game. means charisma. Yeah. Is that what it means? Yeah. Well, Riz, charisma. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I know you didn't. That's I, why I said he doesn't it's know. It's short for charisma? Yeah. I didn't oh know that. Oh my gosh. Dude, we not Did we you know sus Z. means suspicious? I, so I did. That. I did. Oh I said that gosh. yesterday in the sermon. Okay, just making sure. Um, but Riz, I didn't know where that came from. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But my boys explained that it's, it's, if you have Riz, you have game. Right, you mm-hmm. don't riz somebody yeah. up. You riz them up. No, and, and then there's like no, a no. I don't think you're it's wrong. Riz up. You're wrong. Now you sound no, old. No, you're wrong. True. That's in my algorithm. Jeff is I don't know about you guys. Charisma. No, if you have riz, that means you have game. You, you can have pull game. somebody. You just have riz, or you don't have riz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You don't riz them up. Nicole, do you feel yet? <laughs> I know you're only 21, but do you start to feel yourself like separating from the youth oh, culture? Oh, absolutely. My little brother, he's 16. I was in the car with him the other day, and he just looks at me and he's like. I'm scared to get old like you. Oh, and I was like, excuse me. And he's like, you know, like you don't understand the words that I use anymore. I thought you were 17 by the way. Thanks. But he's like, I'm just scared to get to be like you like that. And and then I was like, Matthew, I'm 21. He's like, Oh, I forget that you're not older. (laughs) It is scary being an adult. It's way better being a kid. I I don't agree. I have fun. I I can like do my own thing now, dude. I just, I'm, I'm happy being older now. 
Like yeah. this morning, I got up at like 5 a.m. and I got coffee. I went to Trader Joe's and I got gas. And then- yeah, but you're 21, so you're you're feeling the freedom of flapping your wings as a what? Mm-hmm. I mean, like saying, you're I newly like free. Shopping. You're newly free. Newly free. Yeah, you're doing this. Watch out, because my neighbor just found three <laughs> dead baby birds in his pool. So, oh, that's sad. Make sure Hurricane you know how to fly Hillary. before you start. Is one of them a bald eagle? I'm an ostrich. No, no just little I saw babies. a bald eagle in England last month. Okay, guys, I just remembered we're recording a podcast right now. I forgot we need to bring this back. Oh yeah, what are we talking bald about? eagles? How are we going to bring this back? Riz uh, it up. Well, yeah, let's riz it up. Why did you even talk about youth culture words? Oh, okay. Wait, Why? wait, wait. I wait, was wait. Okay, so when Maybe. you were when you were talking about what your sons say, I was fully prepared. She just came alive. Okay, I was fully prepared to you say Crip Gang Blood. <laughs> Crip Gang Blood. They just say that. That's what you say. Oh yeah. Yeah, told, you told me. That's I, gang I language. Not, I, that's why yeah. I figured it's a you joke. Didn't. But yeah. But I was fully prepared to, for you to say that because so, I have not stopped saying it since Thailand. <laughs> yeah. Like anytime somebody go. says something instead of saying cool, I'm like Crip Gang Blood. <laughs> <laughs> so I was giving the. Um, analogy of uh, how things change over time in different generations. So I was raised by my grandparents. My grandpa used to say, "Oh, that's malarkey," and which I'm is like, a great word. It's a it is, but it's also dumb. Oh, like, it's a it. dumb word. You're right. I kind of like soul. it now that I'm old. I like it. But then <laughs> how the kids are saying this, and that's why I gave sus and cap and, and bet. Bet. Um, what, here's a funny thing. Matt Thomas is actually pretty funny. You wouldn't think so. But he and I were texting early this morning and he, um, I forget the conversation. It was about something with our facilities and our, the hurricane drama, but he, he texted back bet. And that was it. I was like, so I see what you did there. Well played, Matt. Well His played. sarcasm is so, it has an essence. Yeah. It it's does. tangible. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, I, that's all I've got. I think we did some good. Maybe. Yeah. Gang blood. I guess we'll see. <laughs> it's been Person a good series. Hope it's been impactful. Yeah. Back to Axe next week, right? Back to Axe, yeah. Josh. Great. It's awesome. Uh, okay, cool. Thanks, you guys. Keep emailing us. Keep uh, checking out the Instagram story on Sunday for questions. But that's all we have for this week. So we'll see you next week. Peace out. Over and out. <laughs>